seeing another spectacular effort by Marino, who fires. Touchdown! Brachowski didn't have the angle. Touchdown! He goes into the safety. Ball game. It is. See where I'm going, it should be lovely. Got off the plane, let me walk up to the South Beach. Hopped in the coop, switch up the mains. Let me know what the South Beach All right, Finn's family, how you feeling? I want to thank you for joining me today on the King Quan Show. King, how are you doing today, bro? I'm feeling pretty good. I'm doing good. Went off a win this weekend. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think that we could feel much better. The way that everyone played, not everyone, the way that most of them played, I, I think that the whole fan base has like a reason to be super excited. Uh, maybe we should just hop right into it. Just how are your initial feelings about the game? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I felt pretty good about it. Tua looked awesome. He was in command, bro. He yeah, he, he was confident. He was quick with the ball. He had, I mean, he showed a lot of arm strength. I, I think it just, the way he, the way he drove the ball, into his receivers was just really impressive. I, I was really impressed by Tua. The receivers played pretty well. The O-line is, no. <laughs> you know, it's what it is. Tua only took the one sack. I'm blaming that on Malcolm Brown and Jesse Davis, two guys oh. I don't want to see in the starting lineup. Ever, bro. I don't want to see like, <laughs> her, and hopefully nobody gets her knocking on wood here. No one ever gets her. And they're good dead pieces. Like, you know, if we could play off run, I'd be happy to see Malcolm Brown, you know, take a few carries off of Miles My- Gasson's hands down the stretch, but I with this offense is like when it's rolling at its full strength i don't want to see either of them i want to see liam bro liam eichenberg the rookie he was putting it right tackle for jesse davis he played around the same amount of snaps i think that he looked really good i think that him and big bob hunt i think that they played really well on that right side i think they did too i i think the whole line looked better when liam eichenberg was in the game just watching the combo blocks that liam and big bob hunt were doing on that right side i mean they were driving guys 10 yards down the field into the ground it was a really powerful right side over there when them two were in the game i hope they explore it more i I would love to see liam eikenberg starting week one i think he played really well i think he showed a lot of promise big bob hunt was savage i love big big bob yeah so favorite bro big bob hunt is gonna be a savage all pro i'm telling you he is he he was nelson out of uh the colts they were he was a pro like all pro second year i think so i mean it can happen it can happen for sure. It can happen for sure. I think I think Big Bob Hunt looked great as always. Dieter in the middle, Kenley on the other guard. You know, they're not they're not superstars, but they're serviceable. They're right. serviceable starters. Yeah. I, I think Kenley had his share of bad reps and good reps, but he I think he played okay overall. And then you get down to the the dude over there on the left, Austin Jackson again. Oh, my boy, man. Take it easy, <laughs> man. He's young. He's my boy. I love him, bro. I want him to succeed so bad, man. Uh, Listen, I, I think Austin Jackson played all right. I don't think he yeah. played awful. It's like the but... first game, he was noticeably struggling. And I think that the second game, he wasn't, you know, a huge red spot. He definitely had his moments. Like, he had a hold and they were in scoring position that was kind of tough. It was great until the very end. He kind of held on a little bit too long. But I think that he was solid and that... That's all you really need, man. I'm telling you, Tua has the pocket presence. I think that he'll be okay. I think this line, the young line needs to stay. Like you said, I think we need to put Liam on the right side, pair him with Big Bob, get Dieter in the middle with uh, Solomon and, and Jackson on the left. And something that 
uh, people don't think about too is Tua is left-handed. And so if Miles Gaskin or Salvin Ahmed is on like his left side for a handoff, they can go right to the right side easily behind our strong side. Or they could just fake it right there and he can already be in position to throw because he's left-handed like super quick. I think the fact that we have a stronger right side when Liam is in the game and if he can win over that right spot because he played more snaps than just Davis did and he played enough snaps to get him to where the starters were. If they can get that strong, youthful punch on that right side and Gaskin or whoever happens running the balls in the game, it's that handoff to the left and, and goes right because two is left-handed. I think we could be onto something, man. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think the biggest improvement from this game, this preseason game compared to the first one is the run game. Like the, the offensive line in the run game. I mean, they, they were opening up some holes like Gaskin and Ahmed. They were not just making, you know, trying to make plays, breaking all these tackles, just getting through the line. Like there were multiple runs. The, the line really opened up some big windows for them to run through. And I thought, I thought that was really encouraging. And a stat that I saw on Twitter, shout out Travis Wingfield, <laughs> Miami average, 8.3 yards per rush behind the right guard, seven and a half yards per rush behind the right tackle, five and a half behind the left tackle. See, that's that's those are all good numbers. Good. Yeah, that's a good push. That's enough to give them the space because if Gas is really gonna be running back one, he he can find those holes. Like he is slippery in there, but he's also powerful. He gets the second level, he delivers a strong punch whenever he runs, and he can also run around you like. He had a great third down catch when Tua delivered a dime and he kind of juggled it, but then he broke a tackle. And like, he is great if he gets in space. And the fact that they had, you know, five yards and eight yards of a push behind the two outsides, that's, that's solid work. That's how you build off of it. And that's how you build like the strong run game to put into the RPO. And I think something that uh, you mentioned that you saw was there was more of a playbook in this game. The, the jet sweep with Jalen Waddle, they had an RPO where they hit Matt Collins over the middle and you know, they kind of showed us what week one might look like a little bit. Yeah, that was a that was really exciting to see because I, I feel like week one of the preseason, they kind of treated it almost like more of a practice. Really vanilla with plays. It was really one-on-one type matchups. They were just kind of seeing what guys could show out there and prove. But this game, I think even defensively too, uh, I think they just opened up the playbook a lot. Like you said, that that RPO concept, seeing that made me so happy, man. Tua is very, very good at running RPOs, and I want it's tons deadly, of them. Man. It's scary. And Chan Gailey and Fitzpatrick were, like, terrified of RPOs. <laughs> yeah, he just I mean, the I mean they, they ran them. Yeah, like. yeah, I mean, they ran them with Tua, but still, I, th- I think having really efficient RPOs is going to help. Seeing them use Jalen Waddle creatively just made me so excited. Just in a few plays, he showed what he can do. He's going to be electric, bro. Like, I'm so Yeah, I, I think them opening up the playbook, We like you said, we really got to see what the play calling might look in the regular season and I'm, I'm excited for it because the play calling last year it's no secret it was bad it was just it was just bad it was an offense built around ryan fitzpatrick and that's not, not really, built. you know he has his he has his strengths but that's not really an offense that you can rely on i feel like you know changeli and and ryan never really made moves with that offense you know i'm, I'm just saying not throwing shade you know but i love my boy too and i feel <laughs> like this offense maybe carried him a little bit more you know actually you know, trying to coach for success, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'll tell you, one of the biggest things that I saw, just because I feel like this was more of a dress rehearsal, campaigning for Gaskin RB1, not in the committee, was that on the goal line in the short yardage reps, instead of throwing Malcolm Brown in there, Gaskin got the rep. When it was his turn to play, 
down there on the goal line. Gaskin got those goal line reps and he punched it in. So yeah, that was a scoring drive, opening drive. That was amazing. Absolutely. I think I think that was a very subtle win for Gaskin to command more of a share of carries. He he showed, hey, I improved this year. I'm a little more slippery slippery this year. I'm a little more durable this year. I can take these extra carries. I can take these carries on the goal line and punch them in. Give me the ball. And that that really that really made me excited to see what Gaskin can do this year. Oh, absolutely. And I, you know, I made a bold prediction last week. I you know, I might not I'll bring it up every week maybe i won't you know i'm just gonna <laughs> remind you whenever he does something great that hey remember the episode one what no i'm just saying but he <laughs> in the second the second drive too he caught a, a short pass and drove it in he was wide open like you can't give him that kind of space like he did a little shimmy route on the linebacker got absolutely naked and to him moved up in the pocket like he does so well and delivered a little floater to him he took it right in it's too easy he has all those opportunities right on the goal and like you said running as a feature back in between you know the number Numbers, you know, going down into the red zone, like he has those first carries too. Like Sal- Salvin Ahmed is going to be great catching the ball out of the backfield, but that's not an every down kind of thing. Miles Gaskin is like an every down kind of back. He can hit you in the mouth. He can run around you. He can catch the ball. Like he can block if you need to. Like Malcolm Brown is not, you know, he's ruining touchdowns. Like imagine the fan base if Jalen Waddle caught that cross mm-hmm. or like he was butt naked oh, out there, gosh. like. Tua saw he was he was dancing doing spin like he was killing it in the pocket he fell down unfortunately there's too much around him but bro I think that Miles Gaskin is gonna break out like top five running back in the league everyone's gonna know his name and I'm telling you that like everyone worry about his fancy numbers I've seen a bunch of stuff on Twitter like no man like Miles Gaskin is it and He's very underrated. The most underrated player on the Dolphins, in my opinion. I saw that on Twitter, too. Man, I think this guy, especially with all these receivers, who do we keep, bro? Like, we have all of these weapons, which is amazing when it's preseason and no one, and, you know, you have 80 guys on the roster. But when we're, you know, week one, in between the numbers, when it counts, against the Patriots and that terrifying Bill Belichick defense, who do we cut? Who do you, who do you think is going to go? It, it's tough. It's tough to say. I mean, I think you look at it, Bad, and I think, I think you look at the locks. I think Will Fuller's a lock. Devontae, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think Devontae Parker's a lock. Obviously, Jalen Waddle's a lock. Because of how good of camp Albert Wilson has had, I'm, I think Albert Wilson's a lock. Plus, the cap savings on him aren't as great as some other guys. I mean, you can save some money, but the cap, uh, the dead cap hit is is a little higher. So I think I think Albert Wilson is locked. I think Preston Albert has good chemistry too. With two, I think they had a good little thing. The veteran and the, and the young guy. I think they. I don't know. Yeah, I that, like Albert Wilson. Though. Hey, that one-two punch, man. Yeah, one-two yeah, punch. I saw that too. That's why they did numbers. I saw that. <laughs> and then you got Preston Williams. I think he's pretty. I think he's pretty close to a lock, just yeah. because of how cheap he is. He's super cheap. Yeah, and when he's actually healthy, like, and when Tua, you know, first was in like inserted into the starting lineup, him and Preston had a good report. Poor. like they were in the Arizona game which is the best game that you know two has had in his career so, so far yeah Preston like, balled he was catching in between down the scene like on the sideline he had caught the first tutty like bro he was doing good like I think that they have chemistry there I think chemistry is really important with a player like Tua because he's such a leader that he makes everyone around him better but at the same time when you have those guys that you don't need to talk to to make the right route that you want you can kind of you know you have the same understanding like I think that's so valuable and I feel like he has that with Albert Wilson and Preston Williams and Jalen Wall too from college he hasn't really thrown to Will Fuller a whole lot and Devontae Parker you know he was also solid but he didn't really play a whole lot last year too so I think that it's really important to have chemistry and Preston Williams I think they had a good a good connection man no I completely agree but the thing is you look at that and it's already five 
Right, just that's there, already just the five guys. It's already like a starting line, like bro. Five receivers, and a lot of times teams aren't keeping more than six. I think I think you could make a case for this team to keep seven and use Mac Hollins as more of a special teams guy, Wait, especially also, now that Mac Hollins, are, man, Mac yeah. Hollins doing some things though. Like he was just a special teams guy. Like he's kind of fast and lengthy and strong, but like, man, he was running some routes. He was open. And that is something against, you know, in the NFL, like he was open. He wasn't just catching tested balls, but at the same time he was like, I'm a Mac I, Hollins fan, man. I don't know. <laughs> I can't, I can't disrespect Mac. He looked good. He, I think he led the team in receptions and yards in the second oh, I preseason game. He went four for 49 in the game. That's production. That's what you need. Yeah, I, chain I can't hate on him. I think I think Mac Hollins has almost kind of locked himself up in this I roster. Think, yeah, not, I think he earned it, man. Well, just not only because of his special teams, but also because he's proved that, hey, if some guys go down, I can be valuable as a receiver. And so, but the thing is, man, you're at six there, and you've still got Jakeem Grant, Lynn Bowden Jr., Kirk Merritt, Isaiah Ford. Bro, there's so many, bro. Robert Foster, Malcolm Perry, like bro, that's literally like eleven guys. Like what's happened? It's it just shows kind of Chris Greer's strengths too. Like these are death pe- like these are great problems to have. Most of the time people have problems like, man, I got like two solid guys and the rest are complete question marks. I don't really know where my office is going. I feel like the problems that we have are like, dang, we have like five serviceable tight ends. <laughs> like, dang, we have 11 serviceable wide receivers that can make plays whenever we need them to in this offense, clear to a quick trigger that as long as you're running your routes crisply to it, Chris, crisp. Lee, if I can say that crisply enough, gosh, <laughs> if you're running your routes right, he's going to hit it, hit you right in the numbers every time, right where it needs to be. It's these are good problems to have, but it's still a problem. Like, I feel like whoever is let go is going to contribute on another team somewhere. And that's not a reason to keep someone, you know, and we can't just hope that the memories and that other teams can like keep a player for us, but it'll make you a little hurt a little bit. Hurt. Like if, if Jakeem goes bro, cause Jakeem, you know, last game, we kind of talked about how it was like a dress rehearsal game where they played the starters the most and but a little peek into the offense. Jakeem Grant was not on the field, bro. He was no. there for 11 snaps. He didn't return any kicks. Like you, you talked about before to me, like off camera, like he didn't return any kicks. That's so, so surprising to me. Like I didn't even realize, like, is Jakeem gone, man? Like, is he I don't know. out of the team? I don't it's, know. It's, it's very weird and really coincidental that in the dress rehearsal game, Jakeem Grant only plays 11 snaps on offense, the least of any receiver other than Khalil McLean, who got like three snaps. I mean, yeah, he'll be I mean, cut. Right. He'll be cut <laughs> this week. Um, so, and then he doesn't, Jakeem Grant doesn't get any special teams reps. Like but that is a saving his hammies. Like, like maybe they're saving his knees and his hands. Cause he's so explosive. They want to keep him like under wraps. Like, he did no one touch him we already know what he can do like he kind of just runs in a straight line faster than everyone else does <laughs> you know <laughs> like i think that what he's about maybe we just keep him on the bench keep him on ice like we don't need to test out those hammies like we got it like i don't, I don't know man i love grant i want to keep all the hope alive but i just <laughs> don't know if it's there man i think i'm going crazy i just don't want him to go <laughs> i th- i think that could be a factor that they, you know they know what they got in grant he's a vet he's been here for a little bit and so they're like well there's no reason to play him. We know what we got in him, but still, I don't know. It's really weird. It's weird timing, and it's just it's a weird snap share for him. 
I would not be surprised if Jakeem Grant gets traded. And I know you love him, man, but I do if, love if him. we could if we could trade Jakeem Grant to make a roster spot for Lynn Bowden Jr., I'm thrilled. Of course you're <laughs> I'm thrilled. thrilled. Lovely. Lynn Bowden Jr. is one of my favorite players on this team. He's he's a dog. He's been through so much. I think he's I think he's got so much potential, man. And he produced last year. I just think and here's the thing, you get rid of Jakeem Grant, you save four million dollars, which I know, you know, the roster's kind of set. We could go maybe get a depth tackle or something like that. But right, right. But I don't know. Man. Here, I think I don't I don't see a world where they both make the roster. Yeah, that's like what's like what eight guys if we were that's to have eight like four or five and then well with Mac and then like those two and that's with like without even Kirk Merritt who yeah I, that's not even I not even Kirk. touching on Kirk. I feel like if he goes anywhere, he's gonna be a num- like a solid number four receiver in this league for somebody. We just have six guys before anyone even gets a question mark. Like, dang, bro. <laughs> yeah, so that, that puts you at eight, nine with Kirk Merritt. I think, honestly, my roster prediction for the receivers is I think they keep seven on the roster, which is okay. still a pretty that's, high number. That's a lot, yeah. <laughs> I think it's going to be the six guys we talked about that are per- semi-locks. I think Grant is gone. Man. I'm predicting it. I'm predicting it officially honestly, on air. If we trade him and we get something back for him, then I, I'll be like a little bit less sad. But if we just let him run, like, I feel like he's going to go to the path or like he's going to make the missing piece to like make the Jags like a super. Like I got, I know it sounds crazy and he's just a little Jakeem that drops passes and no one gives him respect, but I'm telling you, bro. Like, I think he's valuable. I think he can add a lot to a team. And he's also a leader on this team. Like, he gets involved with everyone. He celebrates, like... He is a leader. He, You know, he's, he's been heart, here. He's part of the special teams, man. He's been here through the garbage times. Right now, we have so much hope, so much optimism for this team. Like, he should be here to deliver. And, like, he should... Ah, oh, man, he was there. And also, wait a minute. He got all those cheap shots from the Bengals game. Like, dog, come on. Keep my man Jakeem. Or at least... Trade it for a first, you know? <laughs> hey, we ain't going to get a first from him. I'll tell you what. I think my prediction is we trade Jakeem and get back a fifth. Or we we trade Jakeem and a fifth and get a player, probably an O-lineman. I think Jakeem – we'll see. I mean, he could very well stay. I'm probably making this prediction out of hope, but I'm saying Jakeem's gone. Lynn Bowden Jr. is your seventh receiver, and then you got Kirk Merritt on the practice squad. We get four players we can protect on the practice squad that cannot sign anywhere else. So you practice squad protect Kirk Merritt. I'm okay – with letting Isaiah Ford go. I'm okay with letting Robert Foster go. We got Mac Holland. Malcolm Perry's interesting. He got a lot of different reps and looks, but maybe he's a guy that you practice squad protect too. But even then, you have like a a drop on fourth and two that would have had like another drive dog. That was tough, man. I know you can't get someone from one play, but if you have 19 receivers, bro, that was tough, man. That that was tough. The Dolphins Twitter, like single-handedly sacrificed Malcolm Perry. And like five, for that five minutes, everything on my my timeline was 
cut Malcolm Perry. Like he, he was, was done after yeah, that. Immediately sacrificed. Like, but well, I mean, low key, he kind of killed that whole. I mean, we were vibing, bro. He was two was delivering strikes. It was like fourth and two, too. Like that's one thing that I feel like Tua is gonna be great on. It's like third downs, but that's like a whole other. I could go on for Tua for literally hours, man. I I think he's gonna be great. Like I'll tell you, I tweeted out this stat the other night. I think it was. It might have been last night. Last year. Tua really struggled on third down. He only converted like 50%. Okay, okay. That's this year, here, here's the thing though. This year for the first two preseason games, he's converting 87.5% of his third downs. Okay. So that's a that's a huge, huge so jump. I think that's one of his areas of improvement that has really stood out is his ability to convert plays. And also, here, you know, the other part of it is – Last year, it was so many third and longs. It was like the first and second down plays because, I mean, not to not to make this whole podcast about flaming Chan Gailey, but the plays were so bad. It was so many third and eights, third and nines, third and twelves. Like then throwing screens to someone that's not like what? Why are you having Isaiah Ford out there blocking for Lynn Bowden on like a third and nine, bro? Like, yeah, I mean, what's the probability of that? Like, just tell me, <laughs> like, I don't understand, you know. Like, uh, I'm excited for this year to just be a complete revamp of what we saw last year. Yeah, last year we had a really solid team. It kind of fell apart at the end there, and the whole offense as a whole wasn't really where we needed to be. But I think that with on offense, we added a ton of depth pieces, but on defense too, like last year, literally until the last week of the season, we were top three defense. And then the very last week we gave up like 56 points to Buffalo. They absolutely killed us like five picks, whatever it was like, not great. And then we went to like, you know, fifth or sixth in, in total defense. But this this defense was fire last year. And I think they only got deeper. I think Nick Needham, who was here last year, I think he took a next step. I think he could probably start for the bottom half of the league right now. Like, Definitely. Think, like uh, the Javon Holland, just from b- the draft pick, I think that he's made a huge impact in camp. Like he's already pulling down multiple interceptions from multiple different teams. Like he's not, it's not it's like fluke little plays. Like he's around the ball. He's making plays. Like his defense is, de- now, I didn't mention the front, the front seven. There are nine different guys in front seven that are like, oh, wow. They probably can't be blocked by one person. If they can, Flores is the king of blitzing. And so they don't even get a chance to be blocked by one person because there's going to be another defender in there. I think this team is deep, especially on defense. They they really are. I, the the deep- defense you're right they only got better and just just seeing how they played even last night and just when the backups came in and you got guys like Sam McGuavin out there looking like Bro, the <laughs> Sam, Sam McGuavin out there looking like prime Ray Lewis like bro, prime LT in the cut bro I don't even know what I was seeing it was like <laughs> wait did he get back to back Wait, but, wait, did he get a safety dog? Wait a minute. Are you like, I know. crazy? It was insane. But, you know, you go back and watch it, too, and you got guys like Adam Butler in there just just taking up taking up space and letting him get right through there. And Adam Butler is a really cool piece to this defense because he's someone we didn't have last year. But the reason Adam Butler, I think, is special is it allows this defense to open up that 5-0 package, man. God, that's my where, dream. Adam Butler can be that nose tackle right in the middle. Where are you running? Especially with uh, like McKinney and Baker, bro. Where where are you going? You I, yeah. You you open up that five zero package with Adam Butler right there anchoring in the middle. That's a dangerous defense and, a, and an aspect that we didn't get to run last year really. But this year you add that into Brian Flores and Josh Boyer's arsenal. That's dangerous. 
Bro, give me That's... Jalen Phillips, Emmanuel Agba, Raekwon Davis, Adam Butler, and Christian Wilkins, or AVG, or um, Vince Beagle. I don't, I'm not really sure how you're going to stop that with two of the best press corners in the league. Like, literally, I feel like every step of this defensive linebacking court, you know, it is what it is, but we have Sammy Guavin going absolutely nuts. So he's a death piece, too. Like, bro, this goes down layers. Like, all, all three phases of this defense is deep and they're ferocious and they're going to give a Brian Flores who you know is known as a defensive guy a DB you know mastermind blitzing and pressing and causing havoc he's going to give him so many looks and so many opportunities to shut people out like I'm not sure I I don't know man I I feel I feel so good about this team like I feel so good on all three phases of this team I completely agree and you know you you spoke about Jalen Phillips it was so great to see him out there man I love seeing Jalen Phillips tall as hell I was like dang he looks like a monster wait a minute he's big and he looks fast he looked athletic and i'll tell you what i love to watch him he'd run in there and then he'd drop back into coverage i love to see him drop back into coverage if we can disguise things with guys like jalen jalen phillips i almost said jalen waddle it's gonna get confusing it's gonna it's gonna get confusing with the two jalens but jalen phillips dropping back into coverage and i'll tell you what he had a play around the goal line it was a run play but they hand the ball off to this running back on the other side he was coming off the left end they ran it to the right side and he got all the way over to make this tackle on the running back before the guy even got to the line of scrimmage like as the guys get into the line of scrimmage Jalen Phillips has managed to run across the whole line of scrimmage and get there to like wrap him up and I was just like man this dude is an athlete I think Jalen Phillips showed a lot of what he could do and you know there's people on Twitter and everything talking about Gregory Rousseau because he's been balling out and everything like that. And it's like, (laughs) he's been doing good, but I'm still happy with our pick. I like Phillips. I think Brian Flores, he's going to mold him. And then especially like Raekwon Davis, like in the middle, like, I, oh man, like we have a young athletic defense. defense I've I've never seen a coach love a player, look at a player the way Brian Flores looks at Raekwon Davis, man. They're infatuated, that big, strong, fast, like, and he makes plays, he's always around the ball, and like, he is. he is huge, he can bat down balls, like, and I'm, like, when you said drop back into coverage, too, I remember uh, Christian Wilkins got an interception, because Brian Flores likes to drop guys into coverage, and, you know, Christian Wilkins is Christian Wilkins, you know, the, the bigger guy. Like, imagine the ball in Jalen Phillips' hands, and he's, you know, taller oh. than everyone, he's bigger than everyone, he's fast, like, He's gonna be fast. Everyone's gonna running back and like, bro. He's that's taking off. Scary. He's gone. Like, and Emmanuel Agba too. Like all the all of the turnovers they forced last year put Jalen Phillips in that rotation. Like he gives effort on every single play. He does not give up. Even if he like you mentioned, he's not even in the play. He's gonna find a way to get into the play. He goes hard every single time, and you know that's gotten him hurt in the past before. But at the same time, I kind of respect it. Like this is a new league. This is a new new game, new year. Like. We need that kind of effort on this team. We need the the kind of infectious, like, get after it mentality that this whole team has been built off of since Brian Forrest got here. And I think he's, like, the perfect personification of that. Plus, we have guys like Sam Uguavin who have that dog in them. Like, I don't know if you saw a play. I saw a clip on Twitter of him, like, bum rush or bull rushing a the tackle. And he, like, absolutely destroyed him. Like, pushed him back, like, four yards and made the tackle. Like, that's what we need. And I think the Bengals might be in trouble because even our backups are going crazy. Like, uh, Zach Sealer and Adam Butler and uh, AVG and, like, the guys that may not play as much but still pack a huge punch. 
they're there. And I, I don't know, man. I think Brandon, was it Brandon Allen, I think, on the Bengals? I think yeah. they might have some trouble, man. I don't know. Yeah, the, de- the defense, defense is deep. They look great. It was great to see Ogba back out there. I thought Ogba looked awesome. I think he's, he's going to – Top three I think, in the league. Maybe. Ooh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that, I don't know. You know, I don't know. I'm not going to backtrack. I'm telling you, bro, he's around the ball every time unblockable. I'm just saying, I mean, he may not be where Miles Garrett is. I'm going to need – I think he's close, so like, I'm just saying. I'm going to need <laughs> I'm gonna need another year like he had last year and some more before yeah, I start yeah, having yeah, that yeah. conversation. Yeah, yeah. But I love the optimism. Yeah, I love yeah, the optimism. I'm going to find that is, being the most – positive Dolphins fan and I'm telling you bro Ogba is like different like he doesn't get the respect of like he's at least top 10 bro give me that give me top 10 I get, I, I would go top 10 top man 10 he only got the, the league like he, he got only got the 82 league. overall on Madden though hey, okay all right well Madden has always <laughs> the Dolphins bro like isn't Jalen like in the 70s or something and his speed is like crazy but isn't he like low too like They've disrespected yeah. everyone. We just need to win this year. And then it'll be like the Chiefs treatment when like everyone's a 95. And you're just like, wait a minute. How is this even like a video game when the quarterback is 95 and the receiver 97, tight end 99? Like, dang. But that's facts. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, the de- the defense was good, man. The only thing that I saw from them that I it just kind of made me cringe is, and it's the same thing. It's the same problem we've been dealing with for years. And it's, I don't understand why it keeps persisting because we've got a whole new defense in here, but right. we yeah, like a whole new regime with the same problem. Like whole whole new roster, like, like whole what? new roster. But the Dolphins cannot contain running quarterbacks. They could never I, the, do that. The play Felipe Franks is back there for quarterback. Raekwon Davis comes in and blows up. I don't. One of the interior offensive linemen. Yeah, probably blows, all of them. Bro. He's an absolute freight train. Blows him up. Christian Wilkins gets in there and gets pressure. I think Ogba got pressure from the other side. There were three guys right there ready to get him. And Felipe Franks, which, I mean, you know, he he can run. Don't get me wrong, but it's still Felipe Franks. Right. Like, he shouldn't is the point. Like, our first, and, like our first team. Like, okay. Yeah. Guys. And he just makes a move and gets right out of there and gets the first down. And it, it hurt me. And seeing Justin Fields ran the ball on us pretty well uh, with, his, with his legs – Last week, yeah. this defense has got to find a way. They can get there, but they just can't finish the play against running quarterbacks. And in a division where it you've got you. Josh Allen. Right. He's like the king of like the – he's like uh, like a, a fast Ben Roethlisberger in his prime. Like it's like you need to contain that man. Like he will yeah. eat, bro. Like he will eat, bro. That is that is the one thing that I think this defense has really got to focus on and really got to figure out because that's a big part when you when you got Josh when you're trying to beat Josh Allen you need to figure out a way to stop his legs. Yeah, like he that like Josh Allen is such a perfect example of like how you need to be a complete team to really contend with these top dogs. Like you may cover all the receivers like Gabriel Davis and Stephon Diggs. Like you may have that kind of contained, and then you know it's third and nine, and you're just like, oh wow. This offensive line is giving him a beautiful pocket, and he kind of just standing there. And then he kind of just takes off and gains 19 yards on, the, on, the, on his legs, not even touched, not out of breath. He's kind of just like, all right, next play. And you're yeah. just sitting there like, we've got them to 39. We're so close. We have all the pieces necessary, and you just don't perform. And he's a perfect example of just how it hurts you. Like, Lamar Jackson, he's in the conference. So if we want to make a deep push, we had to go through him. That's tough, man. Ryan Tannehill, he's mobile. Baker Mayfield, he can make a play. Like, you need to be able to get these guys under control and – until we do that, we can't take that next step because all they're going to need to do is run for the first down or run into the end zone or run for the two-point conversion, and it just kills you every single time. 
Absolutely. I completely agree. And I tell you what, we can we can kind of shift our focus away from last week. As fun as it was <laughs> forever. Yeah, they, they we, went so good. <laughs> we we can kind of shift our focus to looking towards this week. It's Bengals week. If you guys remember what happened last year, we played the Bengals. Our last Man, meeting Jakeem versus him. the Bengals. Jakeem got blown up twice on punt returns. Super dirty hits. Deep shots, bro. The bench is cleared. Brian Flores almost fought a Bengals player. He he was not stopping. He earned so much respect for me. I mean, I already loved him. I already respected him. But, like, especially someone like Jakeem and no one gets him respect. I mean, I'm sure the team loves him. But, like, he's kind of on the bottom part of the team. And, like, it doesn't matter. Like, Brian Flores is going to charge that field. He's going to let you know that's not right. Get your guys under control. This is ridiculous. What's happening? And that might make tempers flare, bro. I don't know if they're going to be feisty. They've been... You know, this is the final push for the roster. Everyone's going to be playing their absolute best football they've ever played in their whole lives. Like, a lot of these guys are, like, high school superstars, and they were pretty good in college, and now they're at the last stage trying to prove it, trying to make that at least the roster. Trying to get dressed on Sunday, you know. Maybe they won't play, but they'll be dressed. I got the nice jersey, you know. They're trying to get there. And so it's preseason. You know, the team discipline, they had, like, what, two penalties last game? That was something I didn't even touch on, too. Like, they had no penalties. This team is really dialing in will they will they dial in the whole game though it'll be interesting to see i could see some tempers flaring because i'm pretty sure that game i think mac hollins and Devonte parker got ejected and then yeah, i think right. i think if a bengals player i think maybe one or two of them yeah, got ejected too yeah, and so yeah <laughs> yeah it was it was some serious stuff and even though that was you know almost a year ago don't just forget it it's there and so i know they're in the back of their heads they're thinking about it if we're and thinking while the, about it you know they were yeah if we're, absolutely if we're thinking about it they're thinking about it and it, it will be interesting because for us it's kind of like well preseason week three doesn't really matter it's just the backups doing whatever right. but for these guys that are playing i mean they're out there fighting for their livelihood like these right. they're dreams like this is yeah, it. Th- these players out there realize that this is their last chance to show if they can make the roster. And so that that can cause a lot of passion, a lot of, you know, a lot of quick temper that you, I could see some tensions getting really high and something happening. Right. Or I, like potential I, injuries. Maybe. I don't know. Like they got to be smart. They have to be smart. Yeah. Need to be smart. It'll be a good I think it'll be a good learning experience no matter what, because, you know, if tempers I, if if tempers flare and people start to get stupid, I'd rather it happen in preseason and that not makes, regular season. Fact, right. And if it does, you know, Brian Flores is going to come to them and practice and be like, hey, we can't have not, we can't have any of that. Cut it out. Yeah. And he and he's going to, you know, he's going to he's going to fix that problem real quick. But thinking about it, too, I think I think this game will be interesting to see these backup guys because, you know, last game we talked a lot about what we were expecting for the game and it was all about, you know, what Tua could do, what the starting O-line could do, all the starters because it was that dress rehearsal. But this game, I don't see us getting more than two or three drives out of the starters. It's going to be all these backups fighting for their spots. So I'm interested to see out of all these guys we got, which ones stand out to show if they can make it you know we talked about that big wide receiver room who's going to show up on sunday and show that they show that they deserve to be there 
Who's going to show up? You know, you, you flip the side of the ball and you got guys like Trill Williams and Shaquem Griffin and Cravion LeBlanc and all, all these different players. I, I would have said la- last week, Sam McGuavin, but I think, yeah, I, I think, think he, he kind of cemented his spy. I think he you cemented his spy. Him, you can't cut <laughs> after that. You can't cut that guy. Come on. <laughs> you can't do it. But, but you look at those different guys, especially because we got a deep defense. We, we've been talking yeah. about the, the defensive depth. And so there's there's not that many spots to be had because of how well Chris Greer and Brian Flores, yeah, yeah, I, they've they've structured this roster really well to be deep in a lot of areas. So I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun seeing oh, yeah. how these guys compete and which guys show out to try to make that final push to make this team. Yeah, and I think it's like our team or our receivers, that huge receiver room we mentioned before, I think that they benefit from our team more than other teams because Jacoby Brissett is a solid, solid quarterback. He's a great backup. He's someone that you can trust in a pinch. Like, you know, hopefully nothing ever happens, knock on wood. But like anything were to happen, you know, a little ankle tweak, something like that, a few plays, he's in there. He's going to give dimes. Like he gave a great throw to Robert Foster in the corner. He yep. was throwing dimes to Kirk in the last game. Like he is a great quarterback. And I think that will give these receivers every opportunity in the world. Like there won't be, you know, Brandon Allen or some random guy that never has played ever. Like Joe Brissett has been in this league. He was on some important teams with the Colts and the Patriots. Like he's been in this. He knows what Brian Flores wants. He knows what Tua needs as far as someone just gets support. And there's no controversy this year. Like this is Tua's team without a doubt. But I think the fact that we have a backup like that that's getting paid $20 million. Like he's not going anywhere. I think like these guys are going to benefit from that. They can really show out. And it's really like, let's see what you got. Who's going to make it? We got four guys that we have no idea like let's let's see what we got like or actually we have like seven guys but a few that we may have a little <laughs> bit of idea of but you know what i mean like we have a lot yeah. of guys that need to prove themselves and um like these backups have a lot to play for and besides that i want the starting o-line to be in there for a little bit i want them to kind of gel and get reps in and you know really see what liam can do on that right side i don't know if they're going to start him or they're going to start jesse davis like last week but i want to see the starting online get as many reps as possible to get before like the week week one matchup before the patriots because i think people are underestimating the patriots i think they have a great they had a lot of signing free agency but i think they have a great scheme like brian Flores' scheme is literally just their scheme (laughs) like (laughs) i think that bill belichick has been studying to it hit the whole year because this is week one he wants to you know after a badger he wants to come out and prove that he can still he still got about tom brady like they got tom brady jr and little mac jones and so like i think this is gonna be a game that's gonna be tough and i want the toughest players on that squad this is a team full of tough players but this last game this last Bengals game preseason week three is really gonna be the time that, that everyone shows up you either show up or you go home like we're, they're gonna get cut like we gotta get rid of 20 guys you're like you know you're either gonna show up or get left behind because we have plenty of talented death on this roster yep that that last preseason game was coming and Sunday, August 29th, and the final cut day to get down to that 53-man roster is August 31st. So it is it is really it is really the final curtain call for all these guys to change a coach's mind. I mean, I'm looking at guys all across the all across the depth chart. I'm looking at guys like Jared Dokes, you know, haven't heard a ton from him. And I think that he could be Malcolm Brown, but better. You know, right. younger, more explosive, more options can actually block somebody. I don't know. That play still <laughs> getting me in my heart, bro. He was wide open, wide open, general model. But we just we need those 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 dogs, man. We do. We do. That's that's kind of the 
the motto of Brian Flores' team is just tough, gritty guys who are going to go out there and do their job. You know, he's not looking for a bunch of superstars to be big names and try to get in on every big play and everything like that. It's, it's go out there, do your job and do it well. And if everybody does their job, well, we're going to put a good product on the field. It's, it's all about one of, one of Brian Flores' biggest, biggest preaches is the TNTs the takes no talent. He, he goes on and on about those TNTs takes no talent working on the stuff that it doesn't take talent to do. It's about effort. It's about just putting in the hard work in the, in the film room. So, you know, you know what to do. All, all of those in, intangible things, effort things that put teams over. I think that's the type of guy that they're going to look to keep on this roster. They like their, they like the athletic guys for sure. They like the athletic projects. We know that because they drafted Austin Jackson and Noah Igbenogany to athletic project projects. But when I think they're looking for these guys to keep, I think they're going to look at guys like, which I know Nick Needham's making the team, but Nick Needham's a perfect example, a guy who's not crazy. Yeah, he's not crazy physically gifted or anything, but he plays the game the right way. He's knowledgeable. He understands the game. He goes out there and puts a ton of effort in. And, you know, it it produces. It produces. And I think guys guys that kind of have that Nick Needham type of vibe are going to be the ones that make this team. And to be honest, we've got a lot of those guys. I think the guys we've been talking about, I think Jared Dokes is a guy like that. I think Trill Williams is a guy like that. I think Shaquem Griffin is a guy like that. Yeah, he's a guy after guys. I could go on and on about guys on our roster, even on the offensive line. I think Larnell Coleman and Robert Jones are guys like that. Yeah. And so I think yes. they've done a I think they've done a really good job of constructing a culture around this roster. And we'll just we'll just have to see who they keep. We'll, we'll have to see, see who they keep. Bro. It's a, it's I'm excited choice. for it. Exactly. I was going to say, it's a tough choice, but I am super excited about it. We have gone over a lot of things in this podcast, but one thing we didn't do is have a prediction for this Bengals game. Do you think we win, lose? There's going to be backups. Do you think we blow them out, get blown out? What's your, what do you think you're going to be the biggest storyline coming out of this week, if you could predict? Oh, so... I don't preseason predictions are tough, man. Cause the, yeah, the, yeah, the year, <laughs> the year, the year, the lions went Oh, and 16, they went undefeated in the preseason. Oh, kicking at, yeah. So, like it's, but yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what, it, because it's the Bengals because of what happened yeah. last year, it's a little more personal. I think the dolphins come out of here with a dub with a dub. The, Ooh, okay. I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying a win. I'm saying something like 27-17. Ah, wait, they won 37. I'll take that back. They won 37 Yeah, they went off last game, bro. I'll go go 27-13. Defense clamps. I'll go 27-13. Clamp them. Okay. See, I I agree with that. I think that the Bengals are going to come out firing like absolute crazy because they've had all these, like, the the storylines of Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow is being scared and Jamar Chase is dropping stuff. And I think, I know Joe Burrow might not play. He might play a little bit. I, I was reading up on Cincinnati and they don't know if Joe's going to play or not yet, but I think that they're going to have something to improve a little bit. I think they're going to come and try to punch us in the mouth like the Bears did. And I think we're going to hold. I think that it's going to be an impressive 
of like, wait a minute, is this team for real? And I know, like you said, the preseason is a preseason, but at the same time, this is a like, this is football. Like they're they're out there making plays, and Tua is not the kind of guy that strikes me as you know the Lions leader in the past of like they they kind of I feel like they may have lucked into those. Whereas this team has like depth that is shutting down first teamers. Like this this might be something that we're onto. So I think just to kind of circle back, I think the storyline is going to be that this defense is absolutely for real, and it was for real last year, but now the preseason rankings and all these things are going to be like, oh, wait a minute. Okay. The Dolphins are a top five defense. We cannot forget that. And they may not get 29 turnovers, but they have some dogs. I think that's going to be yeah. big. I think everyone's going to be talking about, wait a minute, this deep, wait, this defense can play <laughs> a little bit. Okay. I'm, I, I'm excited. And I, you know, I think they're going to join us in our enthusiasm. Like this team is deep everywhere. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You talked to, you asked me about storyline. I'm, I'm going to say the biggest storyline coming out of this is focused around Sam Aguavin. I'm giving Sam, bro. I'm giving Sam three sacks, nine Whoa. tackles. Wait a minute. Three sacks, nine tackles and a fumble recovery. Whoa. He's that's my jump. Like that's my, bro. that's my stat line prediction. And the, the storyline coming out of it is Sam McGuavin is legit. He's going to get legit reps on this team. Yeah, and he, oh in, a, in a few weeks, he's gone from roster bubble to like starting lineup leader. bubble. Uh-huh. Starting lineup bubble. That's, that's my storyline prediction. McGuavin comes out, has another monster game, and starts getting real attention. I think the team that like the team that we have around Iguavin too is like gonna give him great up. Like I don't think you can double anyone on the front line too. Like I I know I keep saying you can't double, and I'm very optimistic. But like I think this front seven is like crazy, and I think that's gonna give him a perfect opportunity to make plays and to be a contributor. Like the same thing happened with Jerome Baker. I know that he was like a third round pick a few years ago, and he wasn't really as talked about as Rayquan McMillan like and like way back in the day, but. He kind of made plays and jumped out that next season and was a contributor right away, making plays down the sideline. That may happen. I, I think you may be right. That's that would be amazing if we could get the linebacking core to be at the same level as the secondary and front seven. That's, that's lethal. Dangerous. That's what I'm saying. It's hard to talk about these players without thinking like, is this team gonna mess around and win like 14 or 15 games? For like this team is like legit, man. I don't. We need to see them week one. We had. We need to see them when someone's scheming their absolute best. Like we need halftime Belichick and we need two to perform. We need this defense to hold up. And then we're gonna see. Like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I got. I think this is going to be the time, like, the Bills, man. Like, I'm like two years ago, no one was talking about the Bills. Like, Josh Allen's a bust. He's already been in the league for two years. And then, like, last year, they set records. They were going crazy. Couldn't cover anybody. So. 100%. 100%. It feels – it really feels like we're right there on the brink. It's just – it's a super exciting time to be a Miami Dolphins fan. And I'll I tell you what. I know me and Quan are – even more excited to go through this season with you and just be able to bring this content and continue to talk about what we love amongst each other and just with you guys. Yes, sir. You can actually engage with us, ask us questions, anything you want. You can find me on Twitter at Hey, it's Raekwon. I will always be there. I, you know, I'm not on my phone a whole lot. I got a busy schedule, but I will get back to you as soon as I can. I always love chatting up Dolphins fans, especially Finn family listen to the podcast. You guys mean the world to us. So same goes for me. My at on Twitter is King of Finland with a PH Finland. And if you want to talk to our show Twitter, it's 
at King and Quan Show. Yes, at sir. King Quan Show. And you hit us up. We will be more than happy to talk about any questions, comments, reactions that you have. Well, I know I can say this for myself, and I think I can speak for Quan here too, that one of our favorite things about Dolphins Twitter is just the community on there and being oh, able yeah. to interact with all the fans, just being, being able to interact with all these like Dolphins family, fans. Man. It is a family. Absolutely. So with yeah, that... I, bet we're, we, I think we're wrapping. I think we're good. I think we're gone, right? We, we will go ahead and sign off. Thank you for joining Thank us here so on the King and Quan Show. We will be back next week to talk about everything that went down in this Bengals game and what's to look forward to in week one after next week preview week one i'm excited i'm excited i'm very excited thank you guys for listening man have a great night day whenever you listen to this appreciate it fins up fins up got off the plane let me welcome to the south beach